0: That's happymammoth.com, and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home, and that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me, and I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Let me tell y'all how I have been itching to get to this microphone today. I was so excited about the revelation I would share with you guys that I done told my husband, I done told friends, I didn't sent out so many voice memos today of this exact same thing where I probably could just put that as a podcast. But I was seeking God on behalf of what was this episode going to be about? Last week, I told you guys about how I had my time with God about 2023, and I was just venting to him and sharing with him just how frustrated I was, even with myself, on how I let my anxiety get the best of me a lot last year. And there have been so many situations that I was worked up over, losing sleep, just in my feelings about, stressed out over that he worked out by the time the year was over. And I felt foolish for it and a bit of shame. And I was just talking to God about that and how it's just a huge focal point for me this year to not let my anxiety rob me of the joy that I'm supposed to have on the day to day. And that's the thing about this walk, right? We are in bodies, human bodies that do not want to do the work or the will of the Father. And so a huge part of this walk is to keep our flesh in check, to keep ourselves in check and pull ourselves together so that we can stay in alignment and on track with him. And what he told me in that moment where I'm talking about my anxieties, he said, the anecdote to your anxiety is to create an atmosphere of me. And that sounded great. They got the alliteration in there with all the A's. I'm like, okay, God, this sounds good. But what does that mean? Because I want to, one of my favorite definitions of wisdom is applied truth. So I know God's word is truth, but in order for me to operate in wisdom, I have to apply it. I can't just be a hearer of the word. I have to be a doer of the word. So God, I hear you. That sounds great, but what does that mean? And this is something that has been being built on since that moment where I'm really asking God, show me how I'm supposed to cultivate this atmosphere of you that's so powerful that my anxiety can't seep through. And as we're on this journey, one of the things he told me, because I knew I was going to be communicating this on the podcast this week, I said, God, where do I need to start as it relates to the podcast? Because I know the system that you'll give me will start to unfold over time, but I want to make sure that, you know, I'm communicating what you need me to communicate on this, on your platform. So God said, well, look up omnipresence. So as I start doing a deep dive of omnipresence, that essentially just means that God is everywhere at the same time. And as I did a deep dive and I'm researching this, what I've come across and realized in the revelation that I got is there is a difference between God being omnipresent and the manifestation of God's presence. God being omnipresent is a theological understanding that Of the fact that he is everywhere at the same time. The manifestation of God's presence is an experience that is undeniable, something that even a non believer can see and know oh, that's God. That's an experience. We oftentimes confuse them as one in the same, and I believe it does us a disservice because you think that, oh, because I'm not experiencing, feeling the undeniable, unmistakable uh, manifestation of God's presence, that that means God is not here, but that's not true. God is omnipresent, so he's always here you may just not always be experiencing the manifestation of his presence. So, for example, God was always with Moses. The manifestation of God's presence occurred, one of the many, occurred at the burning bush where this bush was literally on fire and talking. (laughs) That is an undeniable manifestation of God's presence. Now, here's the thing. The only one that chooses when and how God's presence is manifested and shown and experienced is God. We can't usher in the manifestation of his presence. We can't cultivate an atmosphere that triggers his presence. We cannot do that. But because he's omnipresent, he's provided us, though, with access to him. So he can, he's in the room, even if he's not interfering. And if he's not interfering, there is a reason for that. For example, I have a son, he's a toddler. I am present. I ain't omnipresent because I can't be everywhere at the same time, <laughs> but I'm present, right? When my I'm in the room with my son If he's doing something, I may not always interfere to make my presence known. He may be uh, playing with his toys, doing a bunch of things, and may not notice that I'm there, but I'm still there. And I may not make my presence known by saying something, by catching him when he's about to fall, by interrupting or any type of way. I may not make my presence known, but that doesn't make me less there. When my son was learning how to walk, he would... Pull himself up on things and he would take a couple steps and then he will fall. He would do it again, take a couple steps and he will fall. I would be in the room, so I'm present, but I wouldn't always interfere because he has to learn to get back up and keep trying, to put one foot in front of the other. So my interference may have been a hindrance to him learning how to walk. So there's a method to my lack of action or lack of making myself known in that situation. It's the same thing with us and God. He, God plays the long game. He plays the eternal game. We're looking short term. We're looking at what we want him to do this year, next year, or in the hundred or so years of our life if we live that long. God plays an eternity game. So if he's not showing himself or if he's not allowing his presence to be manifested at any given moment or to be experienced at any given moment, there is a reason. And this is a tough pill to swallow a lot of the times, especially when you find yourself in tough situations. I remember for me, I talk about this in my book, She is Uncompromising. When I was waiting for God to bless me with a child, I found myself in a, a, a lot of difficulties, right? I had recurrent miscarriages. My body was not showing me that it could conceive and carry life to term. And I was believing in God and wanting God's presence to be manifested in this situation by producing a child for me. And one of the most frustrating places that I found myself in as I was waiting for that was, God, I know you as a miracle worker. I know you as a promise keeping God. I can go through the text and see miracles after miracles. I could see how Sarah gave birth to a child in old age. I could see what you did for Hannah. I have evidence that this is slight work for you. So what bothers me and what frustrates me is that you can do this, but you're not. You're here but you're not intervening. I know you're omnipresent. I understand that, but I'm not seeing the manifestation in your presence of your presence by seeing this problem solved for me. And that's a very frustrating place to be in, no matter what it is that you're believing in God for. But it is in those moments where you're not seeing the or experiencing his presence that you still have to cultivate an atmosphere of him, right? So as I was waiting to be able to give birth to a child of my own, I had to still create an atmosphere to where I was aware that God could still do this, even if he hasn't done it yet. That is an intentional thing in an intentional environment that you have to create. Because otherwise that leaves room for the anxiety to come in, for the enemy to play tricks on you, for opportunities to come in for you to go against your faith and give in to what your flesh wants and the fact that it wants it right now. Now, as I was continuing to do this deep dive, so many things started to click for me, understanding this separation between omnipresence and the manifestation of his presence. I start to realize that Hmm, joy, this enjoyment, joy that I'm looking for, right? The definition in the Bible of joy is awareness of God's grace. Grace means his unmerited favor, meaning we don't deserve it. So joy is being aware of the favor of God that he gives us, even though we don't deserve it. When you look at the definition of faith, faith is confidence in things hoped for, assurance about things unseen. So this walk that we're living in this life that we're living, it's not about how much we can experience God next or the new miracles, signs, and wonders that we can encounter. It's about walking around in the reality that He's there, and even if he's not making his presence known at that time, that should not rob us of the joy and the contentment that we're looking for. Because joy is not about how his presence can be manifested next, it's about being aware of the favor we already have that we never deserved in the first place. And this was so huge to me because it's so easy to get caught up in what we see, in what we're going through, in how we feel. And if we're not mindful of cultivating this environment of his atmosphere, we'll talk about the practical things in a second. If we're not mindful of how we're cultivating our environment, our anxiety can get the best of us. We can feel boxed in by our situation. We can create the perfect atmosphere for the enemy to come in and kill, steal, destroy, disrupt, stress us out, all of these different things. And so as I began to think again, practically, because the revelation is great. These aha moments are exciting. But when the dust settles, how is my life going to look differently? How am I going to do what the Lord said of cultivating this environment that will be the cure for my and your anxieties, the things that we worry about, the things that happen in life that stress us out, that cause us strife. And where I really landed was, we can only control what we can control, right? And a part of cultivating our environment is doing just that. And so for me, as I was thinking about the practical, it really just broke down into three areas that we need to explore. And when I say explore, what I'm going to go through is simply just some things that I believe you should take to God in your quiet time. I have not solved this today, but this revelation is something I want to share with you. And I want to give you just these three areas that I landed on so that as you are spending your time with God, he can begin to show you how you can cultivate an environment or cultivate an atmosphere of him as it relates to your specific life. It's not my job to be the answer to whatever it is that you may be going through. But it's my job to provide you some language, maybe some prayer points and some things that you can take back to God in your um, time with him. And then he can show you the specifics for your life. So I landed on three areas that we can control that I believe will be an excellent starting point of cultivating this atmosphere of him. So the first thing would be thinking about what we consume. And I mean this a a few ways. So first, let's talk about what we consume as far as what we eat. What you eat can either help or hurt your health. So you're talking about God being a healer and wanting wanting to experience him in the area of our health. One thing that we can control is what we put into our bodies. The definition of atmosphere is the tone or mood of a place. One of the things that affect our mood is food, (laughs) what we eat. So making sure that the things that we consume and put into our bodies are fueling these temples. Anxiety is a mental thing. So are we eating and consuming things that are beneficial for our brains, for our brain capacity? Or are we doing the opposite? Or are we mad at God for his presence not being manifested in an area that we are actually causing the issue with that we can control? This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. I've been telling you guys that I'm planning a trip for my husband's milestone birthday that he has coming up. And as we choose which location we actually want to go to, I'm get a lot about learning a new language once we narrow it down. Because when I get there, I want to throw myself into the culture, into the language. And a part of that is learning exactly the language that they speak ahead of me getting there, right? Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. I'm most excited about the track record of Rosetta Stone because I mean they've been trusted experts for 30 years. Millions of users in 25 languages offered. I mean Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese. Dutch, Arabic, Polish, they have fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. So no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They have an intuitive process so that you pick up language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then sentences. And overall, it's designed for long-term retention. They have speech recognition, so a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. So again, those desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And best of all, amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners can give Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. This episode is brought to you by NPR. As a Black woman, in, it is just so important to have Black stories and to see myself represented in the media. As a mother of two beautiful Black little boys, it's important for me to show them representations of themselves in the media so that they can be inspired and know that the possibilities are endless for them and their futures, and also so that they can see their stories told. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. I remember I told you guys often or if you watch my YouTube channel, I talked about my diet change over the last year where I stopped eating meat. I stopped eating dairy. I kept eating seafood. I went to God and I say, God, I'm not feeling great every day. My mind is foggy. My sinuses are acting up every day. So I'm taking Tylenol all the time because my face hurts. You know, my sinus, I'm having all this sinus pressure, a lot of mucus. I'm not, I'm just groggy. I don't feel good. I'm exercising. I'm, I don't, it's not adding up. And God began to point out things in my diet. And just that simple change impacted so much about the environment and how I showed up on a day to day. So what you consume by what you eat and what you put into your body is important. So go to God and say, Lord, how am I doing your temple a disservice? How is gluttony causing me to not be able to operate in my best state? And not only food, but what you consume as far as even what you listen to, what you look at. There are countless, countless studies Out there about how social media, the internet, and just having such immediate access to so much at the same time has a negative impact on our mental health. So, what you consume matters. If you're consuming more of the world than the word, then how can you expect to be aware of God's grace and experience that joy if you're not even? in order to be aware of something, you have to focus on it. We'll get to focus in a second. But if you're consuming more about more of the world than you are the word, then how in the world can you create an atmosphere of God? Make it make sense, sis. If you know more about what's going on in everybody else's life, then you know what the text says. Something's wrong. Because when we talk about the diff or the separation of omnipresence versus the manifestation of his presence. Here's the thing. We have access to God. God is never quiet. We think because we're not experiencing his presence at any given time, that means he's not there. That's not true. That's not accurate. That's just an emotional misconception because God is always there. He's never quiet He's always talking because the word is alive. We have access to the word. God and his word are one. So we can't say that he's silent when we have a book of him speaking 24 seven. But if we're not reading it, if we're not consuming it, the life giving word, if we're not consuming it, we're feeding something. Here's the thing. At any given time, you are feeding something. You're either feeding your flesh or you're feeding your faith. And the output, in my opinion, of what you're experiencing in your life is an indicator of what you're feeding the most. My anxiety and the stresses that I was experiencing was because I was feeding my flesh more than I was feeding my faith. So when it came to things I was believing in God for, or as I was waiting for his His presence to be experienced in a certain area, I wasn't able to have joy. I was stressed because I wasn't focused or consuming enough of what I needed to be consuming in order to be able to have the joy that's rightfully mine. I wasn't following the instructions of Philippians 4, 6 that tells me to be anxious for nothing but instead with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, submit my request to God, then the peace that surpasses all understanding would be on me. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't following his instruction. I was following my feelings. So in your prayer time, say, God, how is what I'm consuming, what I eat, what I'm listening to, what I'm looking at, How is this helping or hurting my desire to create an atmosphere of you? How is this fueling my faith versus my flesh? Show me myself. I love when God puts a mirror up to me and corrects me because it's an opportunity for me to get it right. It's an opportunity for me to repent and turn away from where I'm getting it wrong and get back into line the next area that we can control that contributes to this atmosphere is what we focus on. What you focus on magnifies. When you have your phone and you taking a picture, when you want the subject of the photo to be a focus, you click on the face and the phone focuses. So everything around it becomes a little less clear. But what's prominent is the subject that's being focused on at that time. When you have a magnifying glass, what you're focused on is what magnifies and everything else becomes a bit blurry. So at any given moment, again, the symptoms that you're experiencing, maybe being stressed, being anxious, all of these things, in my opinion, are an indicator of what it is that you're focusing on at that time. So if we cultivate an environment where we're focusing on God and how he's present in every situation, even if he's not actively doing anything, then it'll be a lot less, a lot easier, excuse me, to create an atmosphere of him. Something that I used to do that I got away from that I actually wrote down that I'm going to do. Uh, put up in my new office, is just really reminding myself of what God has always done, but or already done, because somebody like me, I'm ambitious, I'm focused on the next goal a lot of the times, I'm always just behind my computer, getting things done, focused on the task at hand, and because I am such a focused person on, especially on things like work, sometimes that makes me less focused on what God has already done. And so my anxiety or things that come up can maybe stress me out more than they should because I'm not focused on what's most important, which is, Tatum, God has already done this. So this new thing is slight work. And so I had said for me, one of the practical things I'm going to do is in my new office, because I'm getting ready to move into Anchor Media Studios, is that I'm going to create like a wall where it's a bunch of pictures of, just miraculous things that God has done in my life. Like I'm going to put, um, I want to do a photo of like when we went on tour. I want to do a photo of like the podcast logo. Because to me, this podcast is just like a constant reminder of the goodness of God. Um, just uh, p- pictures of my family, pictures of my son, so many different things that I'm going to put up so that when I walk into this place, I understand like, oh, t. Like, I, like new things that come up are laughable at that point. And so if what what we focus on matters. The reason why I spend time with God for me personally in the morning is because I want to start my day focused on what matters, which is him. I want to read the word and focus on what matters, which is what he has to say. So that when I start answering these emails or I go into whatever the tasks are at hand, I've already set the tone and and the focus on what matters the most. Now, the issue comes in is you start to lose that focus as the day goes on. But some things we can do are, you know, instead of listening to trap music on the way to work, (laughs) listen to gospel One of the things I like to do instead of listening to, sometimes instead of listening to gospel music, I like to just listen to prophetic instrumentals because I'm like, everybody just be quiet. I just want to relax and hear from God. So I like to play prophetic instrumentals often, more so than I listen to like actual songs. But that's just me. Um, Use these apps like, these have been podcast sponsors, but they're not sponsoring this one, like Abide or Dwell, which are these like meditation, Christian-based Uh, apps where you could just play the word, you could play a devotional, even if you're not actively listening to it at that time, just allowing the word to surround you. These are just some ideas. Again, go to God to see how can you create your individual atmosphere when you're focused on him. But these are just some things that I've started implementing and some things that I'm thinking about because this is something that I am going to do for myself. And the last thing that we can control that will help us um, create this atmosphere of him is who we communicate with. And remember, we can communicate with God again, even if his presence is not being made known in that moment, we can still communicate with him. We still have the Holy Spirit. We still have the living word. We can communicate with God, even if he's not intervening. When I was in my moments of the the deepest moments of believing in God for a child, and I kept experiencing these miscarriages, I would still communicate with God. He hadn't interfered in that situation yet, but he was still listening to me. And I remember even in my frustration, I am big on nevertheless. You guys hear me say all the time, acknowledge how you feel, but stand on what you know. So even in that moment of me being frustrated, saying, God, I don't understand, how time and time again, you've proven to be able to do countless miracles. And I've even seen you do this specific one based on the word and other testimonies. So the fact that you're not doing this in my life right now upsets me. Nevertheless, your will, not my will be done. So even though this hurts, my heart is breaking. I'm upset. I don't understand. I am going to choose joy. I am going to make a decision that I am going to trust you, even if I don't see evidence of what that's going to come out to yet. And so for me, even when I, you know, have my son or I see all of the God's promises and I see him move, all that does is builds up my faith muscles for the next thing. And that becomes something else that goes into that bucket of what I focus on. So as trials and things come up, In my life, I could count it all joy, like it says in James, when I face trials of various kinds, because it allows me to build up my endurance. So some of you guys are in an endurance building season and you're misconstruing it as God not being there because you only view God's presence as the experience of him or him intervening or interfering, but that's simply not true. If he doesn't choose to interfere or make his presence known, there is a reason. And what he's trying to get you to do is to trust him, even if it feels quiet or silent, because your feelings are not facts. You may feel like he's not there, but the fact is he's omnipresent. You may feel like he's not talking, but the fact is he left you his word, which means that he and his word are one and the word is alive, which means this ain't no past stuff. That don't that is not relevant today. It's text and in context and instructions and wisdom that you can tap into right now. And so I feel that heavily for somebody. Don't misconstrue this season to where you miss what God is trying to do. Instead, fight for Him. Fight your flesh to communicate with your Father. Be intentional about what you consume. Be intentional about what you're focused on. A big part of this journey, again, is keeping our flesh in check. So I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) Let's let that marinate. I'm going to stop right there um, and we'll see what happens next week. And we'll just see, you know, what God has to say next week. So thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Follow us. Follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamiya, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A. You can follow the podcast at Blessed and Bossed Up on Instagram. Uh, Subscribe to my YouTube channel. We have a lot of great faith-based content on there. And I think that's it. I love you guys. Share this episode with someone who needs it. And I'll talk to you next week.